0: If you have a sec, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would mean a lot to us. The following podcast has coarse language and subject matter people might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. There are moments of stillness where the world seems surreal. You may be under a glowing streetlight, you might be at the beach as the moon exposes the water, or driving down a dark highway. For just one moment, the world is silent. It becomes an empty void that swallows you. Its beauty consumes you. It's as if you've stopped time and the world no longer circles. You appreciate this moment alone, but wish you could share it all at the same time. For one second, you are all that there is. There are also those moments where it's quiet. The silence of the unknown deafens you. Your heartbeat echoes off of your ribcage, like a scream in a cave. Nightfall is coming. The closer you look, you can see the shadows beneath. And in these moments, there are no guarantees that ghosts don't exist. As you've just experienced, you can exist in nothing. Stillness, all around. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This this is (laughs) Geist. Loved one leaves this life too early. It leaves a hole. A hole that you fill with experiences you may have gone on to have and memories you would have made if they were still here. That connection is energy. A force so strong it can heal hearts and it can even open doors.
1: I have two brothers and two sisters. Now my oldest sister is no longer with us. And she was the firstborn. She passed away about two days after she was born. They found a birth defect that they couldn't identify. It was pretty traumatizing for my mother. What my mother did for all of us, as soon as you know she could communicate to us, and as soon as I re- as early as I remember, she always told me that I had a big sister. So it was never a shock to me. I always knew that she was. Uh, a sister even though she physically wasn't there.
0: Olivia grew up in a Catholic Italian home in Burnaby, British Columbia. Her eldest sister's name was Jessica. Her mother kept Jessica's memory alive by telling her other children about her, which left Olivia longing to know more about her lost sister.
1: When I was really young I used to write letters to her in a journal and I would ask her Please, if you're here, write back to me. How was your day? Kind of just like having a pen pal. I would leave the journal open on my desk and I would have the pen on there hoping for her to respond. But
0: Jessica would respond in other ways.
1: I would be having a lot of dreams of her. So I would just have a dream of her visiting me. I can't explain. It's not like we sat down for coffee and we had a chat and caught up in her lives. It was just more like she was just making herself present in my dream. And I could I would be I would see her in passing or it almost felt like we had a conversation, but we didn't actually have it in the dream, but I knew what she was feeling and what she was thinking. Jessica's appearance
0: never changed from dream to dream.
1: And I always knew what she looked like. One time I shared with my mom Oh Jessica has green eyes and she has black hair and my mom kind of went uh, white-faced and she would tell me that she had um she saw the same girl green hair green eyes black hair was what both of us saw how Jessica represented herself in our dreams in those moments I felt oh my sister is definitely here she's definitely with me now I don't know why at such a young age why I had this drive to connect to her and I think a lot of it was felt responsible to help my mom because I knew she was in a lot of pain. It's like emotional but I felt like I had to make my mom feel better because I felt that I was the only person who could help her. So I thought if I can do that for my mother and help my mom know that Jessica is there, then it would make our family
0: less in pain. Eventually, these beautiful interactions Olivia had with her sister came to an end.
1: So I had a dream of Jessica, and this was one of the last dreams that I've had of her. And it stuck with me so much because I was so worried about her after this dream. We are in the driveway and she was looking at me. And then all of a sudden, this light came from the sky and started pulling her. And her face looked petrified. And it's uh, she told me that she's been found. And she she's saying, oh, they want me to come back, but I want to be- stay here with you. But then there was a moment where she said, come with me. No, you can come with me. So she grabbed my arm and she started pulling me up with her. And I remember being so scared and just screaming and saying, no, I can't come with you. I can't come with you right now. She looked at me and it fi- it's like that me telling her I can't come with you registered. And she just looked at me and she just looked so sad like she knew she had to give me up so she let go and I remember falling and then I woke up never had a dream of her again
0: this left young Olivia worried about her sister oh my god
1: Jessica got in trouble because she was trying to communicate with me and now I'm not I can't see her ever again and I kind of took it a little personally like oh it was my fault
0: the absence of Jessica weighed heavily on Olivia, but her ghostly interactions were not over.
1: So after having that dream of Jessica and having that that want and that desire to see her again, to connect with her and to try and alleviate some form of pain that my mom was still going through and her mourning for her, I believe I opened up some sort of door And that's when a lot of stuff started happening in our house.
0: And the center of this activity stemmed from Olivia's bedroom.
1: But I just remember, you know, the temperature would be completely different. That bedroom was always cold. Even if the temperature was right, there was always a very cold chill that would run through you. It was very bone chilling. The doors would slowly shut and then slam. If I slept with, I always slept with the door open, I was way too scared to close my door because I felt like if I closed my bedroom door, it almost made everything a lot more concentrated. So if I kept the door open, I felt like there was a least of fluidity. So I would see the door slowly shutting, very slowly. And as soon as I would register every time, as soon as I could register it slowly shutting, it would just slam and there was no wind, like there was no gust or anything. It would just do, no other doors would do the same thing. I would sleep with the door wide open and I would always put a heavy weight, like a bunch of shoes in front of it or my backpack with my books in it. I always had to have a heavy weight. Sometimes the door would just stay wide open and it wouldn't move. Lights would flicker, lights would go on and off. Closet light was always on. It always turned back on. I, I would leave that bedroom and I would look in the room and tell myself out loud, I'm turning off all the lights. So I knew the lights were off. I would go downstairs to get something, go back up, and the closet light was always on. It always turned back on. The light was fine. We didn't have any electrical problems in the house.
0: It was terrifying. These terrifying experiences then elevated.
1: I think the first moment that I remember something not being right anymore. I woke up in the morning, so I had a a walk-in closet. I opened up the door and there was just this massive black wall. And it wasn't a person, it just looked like a, a black wall. Uh, emptiness like you could go into it and I remember being so terrified I'm getting just chills thinking look at that I remember being so scared and running to my parents bedroom I don't think I've ran so fast in my life and in that moment I thought the devil's after me again when you're a child and you grow up catholic and you're taught these things I thought there was what could I have done? Am I a bad kid? Why does he want me? And I was just terrified. I'm wondering if there's a connection to that big black wall that I saw and why that closet always
0: had the light flicker on. Then stranger things started happening and they would happen in the dead of night.
1: Things would happen all the time, but the, the biggest movements would happen in the middle of the night. I would always wake up right before it would happen. So this one situation, would I would wake up, it would be dark, and I would hear a pen rolling off the desk, falling on the floor, the wooden floor, so you can hear the roll, hear the tap, and then someone would pick it up and put it back on the desk, and then again, tap it, let it roll off, hit the floor. And they would continuously do that, or it, something, And then I would turn on the light and the pen would either be on the floor or it would be moving on the desk. Like it just stopped rolling.
0: Now Olivia used to leave a pen on her desk for her sister Jessica to respond into her journal. I thought this would be a good time to remind you.
1: Same thing would happen with hair clips. A hair clip would just, you could hear it being picked up and dropped and keep doing that until I turn on the light. So that's one small thing. But then the
0: objects that were being moved got a little bigger.
1: I had a phase where I just liked to sleep on the floor. Sleeping close to the ground made me feel safe. So I would take my bed off the frame and just put it on the floor. And when I would do that, my bed would actually be close to my desk. Now I was sleeping and... I woke up again before this happened and I hear a massive bang right next to my face. And I turn on the light and I had one of those large water bottles, those big ones, two liter, I think the size. And it wasn't empty, you know, wind could not blow that over. Anyway, it fell right next to my face. And I ran to my parents' bedroom. And I remember I was older because I was so embarrassed that I had to go to my parents' room at that age. Cause I was, I thought, you know, I'm too old for this to Asked my parents to save me, right?
0: But apparently this room had a vibe that was palpable.
1: That night, my dad said, you can sleep in my on my side, I'll sleep in the bedroom. He went to the, to my bedroom. He didn't even last in there. He said, I can't sleep in there. There's something in there that I cannot fall asleep. He was scared and my dad never gets scared. The fear that he had wasn't like, oh, there's a ghost, but it was more, he just felt like something was, it's just a frequency thing. There's just a different vibration in there.
0: Olivia's father wasn't the only one that felt this vibration.
1: My mom knew what was going on. She also had an experience where she was folding laundry and we had a bookshelf in there at at a time. Two books flew across the room. She got so scared, she just ran out,
0: out of the bedroom and if that wasn't creepy enough.
1: Sometimes I would hear, I always thought, I don't know why, I always thought it was a little, a child, but I would always hear something running up the stairs to my door and just stopping.
0: Olivia then wanted to see if she could gather evidence on what she was experiencing.
1: I think I tried to do everything to make myself feel safe. So the time where I used to put baby powder all over my door entrance, because I saw somewhere in a ghost show that, you know, if you put baby powder, then you can see the footprints.
0: And took precautions to protect herself.
1: I also had little tiny bowls of rock salt that I would put everywhere because somewhere, I don't know how, someone told me that if you put salt in a room, it cleanses it. So I would have these small little bowls of rock salt underneath my bed, in the bathroom, in my closet, just everywhere. My mom did also tell me at a point, she said, oh, if you, if you speak to it, if you say go away, it'll go away. So I'd say, please go away. Please go see the light or go to the light. Please go away. This." being or energy would would kind of dissipate in the room. But then there were moments where it would just stay. And I felt like it almost got more intense because all of a sudden now I was talking to it. Okay, now it knows that I can talk to it. And because of that,
0: it's trying to reach out more. And this presence did just that.
1: So there was a moment in my later teens where I had, that room was now mine. My sister wasn't in the bedroom anymore. And there was one night where she was scared in the bedroom she was sharing with my little brother. So she came to sleep with me and I had a queen size bed at the time. And right across the bed was a big wardrobe. Now we're sleeping and both of us wake up to a massive banging noise. And we shoot out of bed, turn on the side lamps, and then I look back at my sister and my sister is looking straight forward and I look forward and I see our wardrobe, everything shot out of the wardrobe. The doors completely open and then all the drawers shot open, but nothing was on the floor. It's just everything just like opened up in it. And the doors are magnetically shut. So it's you have to pull and also the drawers you have to pull. It's so unbelievable that your body almost tries to convince yourself that it's not actually happening. I know she was the one who ended up shutting it because I was just so terrified. And we just kept the lights on and we just held each other so tight and somehow we fell asleep and we slept through the night.
0: Olivia's bedroom continued to be a hub for this strong energy until it decided to change mediums. So again,
1: I was saying it was always just energy, what you felt. But there was one time where I heard something. I had a sleepover once and I was sleeping and I was sleeping on my side. And I woke up to, I felt like someone's face was right in front of my face. Like, you know, if you're you could feel a presence or you feel someone standing next to you or feel someone looking at you so my air was coming back to me you know you're bre- imagine breathing into a wall all of a sudden I you, I could feel that it was running back and it was saying my name it because like Olivia 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 but as it was saying Olivia it's the the sound of my name was getting quieter and it was going into my closet That night, actually, I had a friend sleeping over, and she didn't hear it, but she told me in the morning. She said uh, she was scared all night. She said, I don't know why I could not sleep. I was terrified all night. I'm never sleeping here again. A lot of these occurrences that were happening were pretty focused. I would say 90% in my bedroom, but there were some instances
0: that happened in other parts of the house. These happenings trickled into different parts of the house and affected different family members.
1: So, my sister has experienced a bunch of stuff. I have, and my mother, my sister closest to me because we also shared the same bedroom. My mother was always in my bedroom. And so, my older brother didn't really experience this, my younger brother didn't experience my dad, not so much, but they did understand that we felt something and they could feel something sometimes as well. There was a time where my mom left my sister at the house. She was young, but old enough to be alone. My mom gets a call from Nadia screaming on the phone and Nadia was terrified. And my mom was trying to say, what happened? What happened? Nadia said that she was in the kitchen, the drawers open and the plates started sliding off and there were smashed plates all over the kitchen floor. And when my mom came home, my sister was hiding under the desk, bawling. She was so scared. There was another situation where I was in the den, so we had an office space that my mom and my dad used. When you're on the computer, you're not facing the door, the entrance to the office, so your back is against it. And so many times, you would feel someone walking in. So you think, oh, my mom's walking in, or someone, and you feel someone walking in. And then you turn around no, no one is there. But you know someone walked in. You know if you hear someone walk in a room. And we also had a basement. And sometimes it would sound like someone tripped down the stairs. I, I remember I was in the den and I heard someone trip down the stairs and I thought, oh, it might be my older brother. So I thought my older brother was just getting food and I opened the door and it's the lights weren't on. There was nothing in there.
0: So it spread around the house, first to the kitchen, then the den, also the basement. But then it took a turn to her parents' room. My mom woke up in the morning
1: and she opens her eyes. As soon as she opens her eyes, she sees something dark go over her face, smothering her. And she said that she is being choked. She cannot breathe. She thought that someone was trying to kill her my dad is sleeping right next to her and she is kicking my dad doing everything she can and she can't breathe all of a sudden my dad wakes up turns to her and this thing lifts off her is you know sits up and she's breathing heavily and she's like i think i swear i was just being choked i can i could not breathe i i needed you to save me she was freaking out and to this day she thinks that whatever was in that house was trying to kill her. I always believed her, but I think I didn't, I didn't want to believe it because I felt like when I was living in that house, if I believe that, then what if it comes for me?
0: But then Olivia encountered something a little bit more frightening than a slammed door or a broken dish.
1: So where our kitchen is, the where you can wash the dishes. You look out the window and the window looks into the backyard. I used to see a man walking past the, this window. I would see a man in a leather jacket and dirty blonde hair, just passing. But then I would go out the kitchen and he was never there.
0: And on another day, while she played in her backyard.
1: In our backyard, we had a trampoline. And it was morning and I was just jumping on the trampoline. As a kid, I had a lot of energy. In the backyard, if you face the kitchen, there's also on the left side another door to go into the laundry room space. I was jumping on the trampoline, and I'm facing the kitchen door, facing the uh, the, the laundry room door. And th- that man was standing there. He was standing there, and it looked like he was trying to get in, like knock on the door. In my head, I thought, "That's strange. Does that's obviously not the front and the front door." And I just remember looking at him. So then I jumped off the trampoline and to go around and he's no longer there. I, to this day, don't think that that was an actual person because I saw him too many times. My dad has a business and he would have business partners over. And so there were times where he had a business partner or someone from work that would come and they would take the back way because they were friends with him. They knew how to get in the house. My dad never brought this man home. He just would randomly walk past the window, And that one time I saw him at the door, it's like he was just standing there.
0: She never saw the man in the leather jacket again. Olivia's family eventually moved out of the house, and Olivia moved to Toronto. But the house was still living up to its reputation.
1: That house has been sold so many times. So when we sold it, we had, my dad's best friend is a real estate agent and he's also been a present in selling that house consistently. He told my mom, he said, do you know why it sold so much? And he said, oh yeah, apparently there's a ghost in the house. There have been people and that's why they've been selling it because people have been saying that there's something in that house that doesn't feel right. There was a woman who was living there after us, a family, and she wouldn't go in my room. She was so scared of it. And my parents never told him about that stuff. My mom stopped and she said, yeah, there is. There's definitely something scary in that house. So I had another situation when I first moved to Toronto and I was a little homesick. I remember just thinking about Jessica. I don't remember if I was saying this out loud or if it was just loud in my head, but I remember calling for her, like, can you just please be here? I just miss you so much, or I just need someone. I just need need safety right now. And I remember going to bed, and as soon as I turned off the light and turned over, I felt this warm weight just completely kind of get in bed behind me and almost hug me. It felt like a very warm embrace. That was the moment where, that was one of the, that was the first time that I spoke to Jessica and she responded. Oh my God, since that dream where she disappeared, kind of thing. Looking looking at my past and my past experience and even just talking about my experiences through this podcast, I think by actually accepting that that was bad, that was a bad moment of my childhood, by confronting that is a big form of actually healing. Like That was bad, but it doesn't mean that it's living with me now. Knowing that it was bad is okay. And I think the more I say that out loud, the more that I feel like I'm able to tell these stories without extreme anxiety. So maybe this will heal any form of future nightmares that I have, which I'm really hoping. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Special thanks to Olivia for sharing her story. Do you have a story you've been hiding? Don't be afraid. Submit it to us at hello.geist.podcast at gmail.com. Geist is written and edited by Danielle Matar. Original score, sounds, and effects by Bo Jensen. Episode mixed and mastered by Adam Esker. Geist logo is by Jake Carruthers. You can find us on all social media platforms at Geist underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, sleep tight.